Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with Nicole Brazier at the North Pole. How far are you? In a, in a new location in my living room. I know. The, what's, what's up with the North Pole bed and breakfast sign behind you? What's up with that? We decorate for the holidays big here in the Brazier house. It's like love it. Hobby Lobby exploded in my in my house, but but where we love the gays instead of the opposite. I I say this with so much love. You are the most Christmas decorating Jew I've ever met. It's unreal. I love it's it. Totally I true. Re- it it must be true. Yeah. I just I feel so privileged that I get. That like my son gets to celebrate all the holidays and we get to do both because it is so much fun. Like growing up with Christmas cheer in your house is so much fun and I never had it. And so like the second I started dating my husband, I was like, "Ooh, it's my excuse to have a Christmas tree. And I've just fully embraced it since then. I love it. I love everything about it. For those listening or watching, Nikki and I have been fighting with technology. For the last 30 minutes, and it's been a great moment for me and a terrible moment for Nikki, who was already stressed out, and I've made her more stressed out. And I've been, like, kind of living vicariously through it for some somehow. It's been fun. Your attitude has actually been wonderful, thank God. But it's just, I don't know what, like, my office has a mind of its own. It's above the garage. It's like separate from the house. Maybe it's haunted. I don't know. Maybe. But for some reason, no two days in that office are the same. No two days of internet connection are the same. No two, and we have all the things. We have the the FiOS. We have the extenders. We have the whatever. And we finally got it to work. And then I lost power only in the office. So I was like, you know what? We're doing this from the North Pole. Well, look, you are in a northeastern, we'll call it farmhouse, we'll call it. So it's possible it's haunted, but it's also possible that you just have this really passive aggressive just like basic white bitch poltergeist that isn't really going to haunt you that's just going to do shitty things to you make your internet lag yeah or turn off the heater yeah exactly yeah yeah i even turned off the heater because i was like maybe it's this janky old radiator that's like pulling some sort of life force away from my internet connection but it didn't work i love it so much Uh, i love it i love everything about it everything about it well i'm sorry i'm stressing you out you know what i i, I was going to say to you though at some point you stood up and i saw your baby bump and i got i got kind of got teary-eyed for a second because i haven't got to see you growing like and oh, it occurred I'm... to me yeah you are growing and it occurred to me that because we're so far apart in proximity that i don't get to see you through those stages like mm-hmm. i just kind of see you from like when you tell me you're pregnant to when you actually have the baby and I miss all that stuff in between. It made me sad. Just Oh, that's so sweet of you. I can send you some progress pics if you want. They are mighty. This whole second pregnancy thing, not for the faint of heart. (laughs) I'm just, I'm huge. I am like, I feel like I'm as big now and it's probably not totally accurate, but I feel like I'm as big now as like, Almost when I delivered last time, it just happens oh, so fast. Yeah, you're not. You're definitely not. But I understand what you're saying, and it just, it just, it caught me off guard just for a quick moment, just for a moment. Oh yeah, but, she's a human in there. Oh, you Here. look great. You look great. I'm not Thank saying you. you look huge. You look great. It was just like I haven't seen you go from the Nikki I saw the last time we were together 
the Nikki who has a baby inside of her. It's weird, it's, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's just different. Just, yeah. It's just funny how that happens. So. I know. And it happens so quick the second time around. It's just, and every, like, mom of multiples I've spoken to has said this, that, like, it just, it's so different. Your body, like, quote, unquote, knows what to do or whatever. But I just remember during my first pregnancy getting to like, the halfway mark and being so annoyed that I, like, wasn't really showing yet because I was like, I'm friggin' like 20 weeks pregnant. This is dumb. Like I'm still in my normal clothes and I'm so excited about being pregnant and I want a little baby bump because it's hard to tell if I'm pregnant or I just like, ate too many tacos. And this time around, I swear I was like six, seven, eight weeks pregnant and I was already like, where are my maternity pants? I need them. <laughs> they don't fit into anything. So it's an adjustment, but that's okay. well. To be fair, I've been eating so much food since the games. I'm also looking for my maternity pants most recently. I'll send you some extra pairs. I have a bunch now. I think I think that would be fine. You made me think of Aaliyah Miller when you said tacos. I, every time I hear the word taco or Taco Bell now, I send her memes all the time about Taco Bell ever since the episode we did with her. Mm-hmm. And she gave us the whole the whole Taco Bell saga. If, if you guys haven't listened to it, you got to go back because it's really fun. have to but. listen. So, yeah, we just communicate through Taco Bell memes now. We literally don't talk. We just send Taco Bell memes back and forth. It's great. Is that its own genre? Are there enough Taco Bell memes? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Absolutely. Look, all right. First of all, there's a genre for everything. When you're when true. You, when you do memes, as I do, right? When you are a meme lord, Nikki, there right. are genres for everything. And it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, seriously, there is a meme for anything you can think of anything Hmm. it's insane and when you get into the algorithm on on instagram if you like go down that rabbit hole then all of a sudden you're getting a ton of them right so if you start liking them and saving them which i've learned don't like and save them unless you want to see a bunch of them oh my god there's so much of anything out there you want to see it's ridiculous i'm so unfamiliar with all things taco bell i didn't even know so many taco bell memes i mean come on it's it's part of the American culture at this point. Yes. American, Taco course. Bell is like as American as McDonald's to most people. It's just, I know. It's, I can't believe I've never had it still. You still haven't gone? No, I just, you guys didn't really sell me on it. I'm not going to lie. You were like, you have to go. You'll get massive diarrhea. It's going to be great. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's why you should go. Hey. You, Wait, do you guys not? You have to have, you have them in Rhode Island, right? Yeah, you have yeah, them. yeah. Okay, they're yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Well, we were talking about, I was uh, at a work dinner tonight before we kind of get into our topics. I, and I'm with all the people that my direct reports, like all the managers that run branches for me. And we're talking about hiring and recruiting and paying people, all the stuff you had at dinner. And someone's Taco Bell's paying 22 bucks an hour now. 22 bucks an hour to make gorditas dang yes that's what i said i'm like holy shit i'm gonna get a second job making uh-huh. fried beans and rice that's pretty impressive 22 bucks an hour to make taco bell that's you know? great because yeah it's not i don't know minimum there's a the whole other can of worms we could open on how minimum wage hasn't changed in way too long and blah 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 but it's really nice to see employers paying their employees a wage that they can like legitimately live on well, I mean, I, I'm making some assumptions here, but this is a late night business. I think that's where their bread and butter is. 
mm-hmm. you're dealing with a lot of drunk assholes at Taco Bell. I mean, let's be honest, like you go into Taco Bell at three in the morning, sitting in that drive through sitting in your car and there's a Mercedes behind you and a Hyundai in front of you and a bicycle in front of that. And some guy on foot behind the Mercedes. That's what it mm-hmm. looks like. Like it's mm-hmm. insane. Taco Bell's crazy. Is it a 24 hour establishment? Well, it used to be, at least here in Cleveland, it, at least it was super late night when everybody else would be closed, Taco Bell would be open at two in the morning. And so mm-hmm. that's when you go, like you go late, you're leaving the club, you're starving, you need something to eat. You're like, what's going to make me sleep good? Hey, gorditas, let's go. That works. <laughs> I've literally never had that thought, but I'm learning so much. Also, did you like how I referred to it as an establishment? It is. It's a total Really classing it up here. I mean, it's. Paying its people 22 bucks an hour. So 22 nice. bucks an hour to work at Taco Bell. This is the best data. Non sponsored, non sponsored. Really should be sponsored, though, at this it should point. Be. I want you to reach out to them through your marketing agency. Be I'll excellent. be like, hey, I've never tried you, but I hear but, great things. But I hear great things about the gorditas and the 22 bucks an hour. Let's chat about advertising on kettlebells and cocktails. <laughs> Would you like some memes? I hear there's a whole genre for your yes. people. Yeah, we got you covered on those too. We could do memes oh. as well. This is amazing. This is a great marketing call we're having. I'm so glad. So ridiculous. Please no more marketing for me. I'm filled to the brim with work stuff. This is just like the craziest time period. Like I know everyone is sort of like in a crunch until the holidays hit. But man, Q4 when you work in marketing is just like a mad rush from Black Friday, which really starts on November 1st, all the way through to Christmas or maybe even a couple days before Christmas because all of the like shipping cutoffs are really nearing, which by the way, if you haven't finished your Christmas shopping, dear listeners, check the places that you want to order from because I guarantee you their shipping cutoffs are like now. Because right. the, just all the delivery services around this time of year get insane. So things that normally would take two, three, four days to deliver are taking like two weeks. So yeah, it's just, it's, I'm buried in craziness. But then we'll get a little bit of a break between Christmas and the new year. So that'll be really nice. I'm really Thank looking God. forward to that. Yeah. I'm ready, man. I was just telling somebody today, 2043 is going to be my year. I just, I can... <laughs> I cannot wait. It's been a rough year, man. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. From from work, from life, from everything. All of it. Work, life, more life than work. But work adds up just everything. I'm just mentally, physically, emotionally, I'm just drained. I'm just, I need yeah. a break. You've been really candid lately too, especially on your Instagram about just dealing with some emotional struggles and how you've been pushing through the day-to-day. How's that been going? About like I've described, I guess. <laughs> You're looking terrible, Nikki. Why yeah. would you? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for thanks for dredging that up. Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, it's funny. I woke up this morning. I didn't get to tell you this. I told somebody else, but I didn't get to tell you this. Sometimes it's rare. It's really rare. But sometimes I wake up with a moment of clarity that is so clear and and i can this is gonna sound dumb but i can just see the future i i know i know what i'm gonna do i know what the result's gonna be i know which direction to go what i exactly what i want to do what i want it to look like what impact i want to make what people i want to reach 
like all of that at once. And I woke up that way this morning and it was all about the podcast, by the way, which is why oh. I should have told you, but I didn't tell you. And I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it on the show because I'm not going to spoil it. Okay. But the last time I had this clarity of vision was about a year into the meme page. Wow. About a year in when I said, all right, I know where this thing's going to go. And that's when it took off. And I'm not like predicting a takeoff for the podcast. So this isn't like me calling my shot. I'm just saying. I had complete clarity of vision of what we need to be doing and where we need to be going and who we need to be talking to and what we should be covering. And I'm really excited about it. Hell yeah, that's great. Well, first of all, I can't wait to hear. But second of all, that that must feel refreshing during a time period where you feel otherwise pretty bogged down, like mentally, physically. Like that's kind of a nice little respite to just yeah, see. yeah. Maybe that's the right way to put it. I mean, it it feels hopeful. Like, I do think. Everyone should try to have an impact in other people's lives in some capacity. Like everything you do has an impact in other people's lives. Everything. doesn't matter what you're doing. You're impacting someone else's lives. But what we're doing here is it's, it's really kind of hard to describe, but you're talking to people that aren't in front of you. So you're, mm -hmm. you're often grasping at straws or, or throwing darts at a dartboard. You don't even know what target you're trying to hit. You're just talking and hoping people connect to it. Mm -hmm. And this was different than that. This was like, I know where I want to connect. I know who I want to talk to. I know what I want to say. I know who we should be saying it to. I know what kind of impact it should be like. And I know what success looks like. Mm -hmm. And when you can connect all of those things, it's, it's a moment where it's like the sun shining. And you feel really, you ever have that moment where you go outside in the sun shining and you're really happy and you've got all that vitamin D and you're like, oh, this is, well, you live in the Northeast, so probably not. But yeah, like three months a year. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just, yeah. it's like, it's like a really hopeful moment. And that's what it was like. It was cool. Oh, I love that. That's so yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So we'll can't see. We I might, yeah. Keep in mind, I might be totally full of shit. So that's possible too. That might not but, matter though. What might matter most is that feeling that is kind of like fleeting and really special when it happens. Yeah. I think being authentic matters. Yeah. You know, and I, for me, that's what it is. It's, I know what I want to do, whether people connect with it or not, it's almost irrelevant to some degree. You want people to connect to it because it's important. You want to reach people, help people. And if you're talking to no one, what's the point? But I, I do think it's important to be authentic in what you're doing. And I think that's where it was coming from. So we'll yeah, see. I, I fully agree with that because it's you, you either are. If, if even if people are listening or you're getting attention or whatever, if you're not being true to yourself or you're not proud of your work, then there's no point. Yeah. 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 That's the point. So, wow. Okay. So stay tuned, everybody. Big things yeah. happening. We'll see. Well, maybe I, uh, again, I don't think this is like a hard right turn for the podcast. I just think it's at least what I was thinking of this morning is. A better conversation. I'll leave cool. it at that. How about that? I love it. I'm here for it. All right. Well, let's talk about CrossFit. That's what we're here okay. for, right? Talk we're about bring it on. I yes. know. Well, uh, we're going to act like we didn't have some of this conversation last night. <laughs> We've been at like all these internet problems started last night, which is why we're doing some of this again. So some of this we're rehashing. 
I do have some stuff I want to talk about. And, and to be honest, it's probably a good thing that we had internet problems last night because it made me start to think today about things. I was like, Oh, I wish I talked about that. Or I wish I had, mm-hmm. you know how it is. Like when you talk about a topic and you wish you had covered it differently. hundred so percent. Yeah. It made yeah. me think about it differently, but I, I do want to start with semis because I thought some of that was really cool. I'm going to pull up some stuff on the screen. So those watching on YouTube can see, but if you're listening, just hang on. I talked about the three weeks of semis that they finally released, which I thought was really cool. And a lot of really amazing places that they're going to go this year. French throwdown, mm-hmm. Barry's throwdown in week one. <laughs> We're not going to either one too no, far sir. from me. Yeah. I don't do South Korea. I'm sure it's awesome. I'm sure I it's hear awesome. good things actually. Yeah. I would, I would actually, to be honest, I would love to go to the French throwdown. Yeah. I would love that so much, but can't do it this year. So Bummer. we'll see. All right. But All right. yeah, so week one, May 17th to 19th, French throwdown, Far East throwdown. Really cool though, that they're outsourcing this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that the right word? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, I think that's fair. Or, or partnering with, the, I, I just feel like this right. is sort of like the very in-between that now we're finding between like the sanctional season where events had their absolute run of the run of the show you could kind of do whatever they wanted but there were just like these million paths to games and last year's semifinals or like hearkening back to regionals where crossfit had all the control this is sort of like falling in in the middle somewhere where crossfit is now pulled in these partner events these partner events get to do a lot of things on their own kind of taking advantage of their experience of their unique location of the things that they're capable of but also with a little bit more oversight from CrossFit HQ so that there's a little bit more consistency across the board with all the events so it's it's a cool in between and I'm I'm happy to see it because I really want to test it out and also I'm happy to see it because the events that they've partnered with are like very well run well tested events and so these are people with a lot of experience who know what they're doing who we know can put on a great competition It'd be great i meant to ask you last night as i was looking at this just for mm-hmm. your opinion i think a change they made this year that has gotten some people's attention in years past some of the regions have not had as many qualifying spots as maybe the u.s has had because we have more affiliates in the u.s than anywhere else in the world right And so the U.S. has predominantly gotten more qualifying spots because of that. And now some of these, like the French throwdown is a good example, five men and women, minimum qualifying spots, eight teams can qualify from French throwdown. Any opinion on what that looks like for the the games itself? It's just, I like, I don't have enough of a great understanding of how those qualification processes change season over season. There's always reasoning behind them. I know that CrossFit's not randomly like, well, to this year we'll take 12 people or right. 18 people or whatever. So I, I always sort of read the reasoning and the rankings and the numbers that they come out with. And I'm like, okay, sure. That makes sense this year. But I I don't really have enough of an understanding of of how it's happened year over year over year to say one way or another if I think it's good this year or better last year or whatever if you look at oceana in week two this this image that you have up right now top three men and women just 
anecdotally from me, that seems like a really short list because we know we have so many powerhouse athletes coming out of Oceania. 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 I don't ask me, man. You're the pro. I'm just Korean pro. Tour, yeah. Australia. Short We're just saying <laughs> tons down of down. epic <laughs> athletes from down under. Right. Um, and three seems like a short list. But if they're basing that off of the number of athletes, the number of power rankings or the qualifying rankings, then then I I can understand where they're coming from. So it's kind of tough to say. I I liked it this year that there seemed to be more coming from areas we're not used to coming from. I think the best will still qualify. And we'll still go. So I do think you'll have some of those. I'll just call them kind of middle tier athletes that get left behind. So as, so as yeah. an example, if North America had, instead of gotten 10 athletes, had gotten 15, those five that won't qualify, if we're being honest, probably didn't have a great chance at winning the games. Maybe. Yeah. I know there's a lot of debate there, but I guess my point is, is, Whoever is going to win is still going to qualify. It wouldn't matter if there were a thousand people qualifying or 40. I just think you'll get a lot. I think it's cool that you're going to get a lot of new names, I guess is kind of the point. Yes, I do agree. I will say that I have heard the arguments from people who are much smarter than me, who can crunch better numbers than I can, that there have always been some cases like season over season where someone barely qualified or qualified this year but wouldn't have qualified that last year for whatever reason and like maybe makes it into the top 10 or something along those lines like we do have those standout stories on a yearly basis but i'm with you in that i'm not sure how much that would affect our podium our true fittest men women and teams on earth and so i'm really i'm really okay with however they sort of landed on those qualification numbers this year yeah, the debate is always the games, I think, has the correct approach was they're trying to find the fittest on earth. The talking heads in the sport, which I guess you could throw us into that, but I don't feel like I am because I honestly I don't look at these numbers very closely. The argument is, well, you want this to be a professional sport, so you want the athletes to be able to earn their living through the sport, so you need people to be able to qualify to do that and get sponsors, right? And you want the best to be able to get sponsors so they can grow their brand i i side with the games on this i want the best to win Mm -hmm. it's really that simple for me right i don't care where i don't care where they come from in this case week two oceana torium pro and i should have said this top carson california coming back west coast classic which is how fun very cool i've never been so i'm stuck you've never been to carson never but nope i wasn't that wasn't my thing when carson when the games were at Carson, I was at CrossFit Distinction as a 43-year-old 43 CrossFitter, however old I was, like watching Annie and Rich on TV like everybody else. You know? Carson was so special. It was so different. If you've been to the games in Madison, it was just a 180 type of an experience. But it was, it just, there's so much nostalgia there. Like it is really fun to think about opening up that stadium again for CrossFit. Super fun. Yeah, I can't, I, I want to go. I'd like, I told myself I'm not going to semis. I like wrote it in stone. I'm not going to semis. And they're like, Carson, California. I'm like, damn it. I might have to go to, I might have to go to semis now. We'll, uh-huh. See. Uh-huh. we'll see. 
And then week three back to Knoxville, which is a cool little city in Rio de Janeiro and then somewhere in South Africa. So, yes, I can't pronounce it. So I'm not no offense, South Africa. I just can't pronounce your city. So Renegade Games, I can pronounce that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited to see Syndicate Crown back on the list for for Knoxville because, man, Wilson and his team, they just run some of the all time best competitions that I've ever been to logistically. Uh, their attention to detail is insane and they run on time, which is, it sounds so simple. And yet so many CrossFit events just cannot manage to do it. Local comps all the way up to the big show. So I'm really happy that he's back in charge of, of that event because yep. that's a good one. Really solid. Yeah. I think it's a good season. I mean, props to CrossFit. I think they, they picked good locations. This is a smart financial move, partnering with established events. Let them run it. It's going to save them money, help them drive revenue. I, uh, I'll let everybody else debate how many minimum qualifying spots they should have, but it looks right to me. Just eyeballing it. You're going to get, what is that? Five out of, I'm looking at the U.S., obviously, but you've got five at Syndicate Crown. You've got five in... North America West, which is West Coast Classic. And you got another five at the French Throwdown. Touring Pro's got three. Like, you're going to get some pretty great athletes out of all these events. Mm -hmm. And honestly, also some upsets, which makes for a really interesting season, in my opinion. I like the dogfight to try and get those qualifying spots. Yeah, there's a whole bunch that are interesting to me. When you look at the number of people that can qualify, like I was eyeballing South America, for instance, you get the top two men and women. And I think last year, everybody was like, oh, okay, well, Guy is a slam dunk to win that. And then he didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's the the ramifications of only having two people qualifying out of South America. And that's where you're going to compete. You really have to be the fittest. And so it's yeah. pretty interesting to me to see how that, how is that going to shake out? And he's super fit and an amazing dude. So best of luck to him, but we'll see. So it should mm-hmm should add for pretty interesting competition this year i think so we'll see good stuff let's talk about crossfit affiliate town hall how about that Uh, yes you went to this oh i was on this i have so many thoughts so many i said this last night i'm gonna say it again i love nicole carroll she's so wonderful yeah i love her so the what the speakers at the town hall, for those that aren't watching the screen, I won't make it sound like I'm just a creep on down on Nicole. So they had this town hall. It was Don Fall, Jay DeCoons, who's the head of the affiliates, Dave Castro, and Nicole Carroll all presented. And they were all great. I Nicole is so much fun to watch. I swear to God, if she could have just come on and said, Hey, pay ten thousand dollars and you'll get the CrossFit brand. And I would have been like, Okay, Nicole. Here's my money. You're awesome. I love Take you. Take my money. Can I have a hug? Yeah, yeah, she she just she's the heart of CrossFit. Yeah. I don't I don't even sure. know why, other than she just some people just exude happiness. And that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. And she's so she's so genuine in kind of like what she says and what she does. She really walks the walk and talks the talk of all things CrossFit and has since the very, very beginning. And I think we just really appreciate someone who's stuck with the community through everything and has always sort of, she always works her hardest to do the best for us that she can. And I feel like you can feel that 
that really means something. But but back up one second. This affiliate town hall was kind of in direct response to the affiliates fee being raised, right? That's kind of why the whole thing came out. That's exactly why it came out. Yeah. They ran two. So they had one, uh, if I remember the dates right, it was like Friday and a Monday. Yeah, Friday the, it's on the screen. So maybe it's on the screen. It. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm old. Yeah, it was Friday on the 1st and then Monday the 4th. And you had to register for it. And, but, you know, the, the premise was, hey, we're going to tell you why we're raising the fees and then we're going to answer your questions. And they, they send you an email and you give you a little box where you can type in your questions. And I sent in, I swear to God, I sent in like half a dozen questions. Oh, you, you know? did. And, and mine were really detailed and they didn't read a damn one of them, like not even one. It was really a, kind of an interesting experience. So the, the town hall itself, Don came on first and explained why and if you've ever had a chance to hear don speak really smart dude mm -hmm. this is not me ripping on crossfit and i've done that plenty recently but don's a really smart guy and i think he does a really nice job presenting the why to the business it comes off a little apologetic to me but... sorry i'm so sorry we're having to raise your fees kind of vibe i don't think that's the intent but yes mm-hmm like I, I almost want, again, this is just me speaking. He can do whatever the hell he wants. He doesn't need to listen to me at all, but not that he does. Right. I was going to say, and he doesn't. But yeah, I'm, I'm used to I, listening to CEOs speak like this. Is, that's my day job. Right. And, and he, 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 he feels very compassionate, which I guess I'm not used to in a financial capacity. So I'm not saying that mm -hmm. any of this is a bad thing. It's just different for mm, me. Okay. And. So he spent quite a bit of time talking about why, but I never really felt like I got the real answer. Like from a, I know the reason you raise fees is to drive revenue. And so there's a very strong financial reason behind it. And so the only thing I pulled out of his conversation was we're doing it because we broke even last year in revenue and we want to invest in other things. And what I didn't learn is what are those other things? I got like kind of the high level topics, but I didn't get the, the nitty gritty details. What is it actually going to get me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And so that was a little disappointing, but I, again, I get it. It's a town hall. You can't provide everything. Then Jay and Dave and Nicole all speak. The interesting part of theirs is all four of them had written or they were reading whatever they wanted to talk about, which again, you would expect to happen. Like, right. Yeah, like it's course. a, it's a town mm -hmm. hall. You have a lot of people listening. But it was a weird experience for me for a couple of reasons. Jada Coons, I don't know at all. None of us know. He's new. Right. He's from outside He's of CrossFit. He was yeah. wearing a like a really white CrossFit t-shirt. Like it was so white. So white. It was so white it played country music, Nikki. I swear to God. <laughs> brand new. It was you got so a brand white. new one for the event. It was, it was so white it's married to his cousin. Like no. it was it was like brand new. Like he had just like his first day of CrossFit white. It was like cool. shocking. All right. All right. I mean, I, I want to, I'm giving that, I know I'm making fun, but I'm giving him credit. Like he branded himself. I'm like, good for you, bro. Like you're starting, right. you got the gear on. I'm yeah. Like, good for yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. And then and Dave spoke. And so Dave was the weird one for me because I've always envisioned Dave. I think most people do, but again, I could be wrong as CrossFit was uh, initially came out as this 
we're an upstart, right? Like we're a troublemaker. We're doing what nobody else is doing. You get what I'm saying? You know sure. what I mean? Like Glassman used to get kicked out of gyms when he was originally training people. And I envision Dave in that same vein, which is like, he's giving finger to people. And I'm going to do things the way I want to do them. And you can't tell me what to do. And then there he is reading a script straight off the corporate playbook. It felt weird, mm -hmm. man. It felt really weird to see him hugging the corporate man. That's what it felt like to me. Really and I'm again, I'm not picking on him when I say that. I'm just saying that's what it felt like. Watching I just, it. and I wasn't there. Uh, and I, as someone who is not an affiliate owner, I feel like I, and I said this the other day when, when Joe and I were recording the weekly buzz, I feel like on this topic, I'm really just doing a lot of listening. I can't really form an opinion on all the things that are happening with the affiliates and the fees and these town halls, because I just, it's not fair. It's not for me to have an opinion on kind right. of, so I'm just kind of trying to understand all the different aspects of what's been happening. And I kind of just feel like almost bad for these four folks who had to run this affiliate town hall, yeah. because there's not a damn thing that any one of them could have done that would please everyone in this oh, scenario. Oh, of course not. Yeah, and yeah. so it's just kind of a rough place to be in when you are representing the company as a whole. And so I, like you, would very much expect them to have some sort of pre-written answers to make sure that their words are coming out right. It's also a really stressful situation to be on a call with a bunch of people who are like obviously mad at you because they want to give you all their money. Right. And you just want to make sure that you're saying the right thing and the appropriate thing and you find the right words. And at the same time, you need to be genuine and you need to be personable and you need to. So it's just, I don't know what any of them could have done or said that would have been, would have elicited a conversation from gym owners that would have had them being like, yeah, it was great. I got everything I needed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think I do. I think I know what they could have done, but I, well, I guess, well, I'll get to that. I, I think in like regards to Dave did a great job, by the way, and I'm not picking on him. I didn't dislike what he said. It just felt weird for someone I've always viewed as a renegade to be giving corporate speak. And so there's mm. part of me that's, that makes me feel really good about the company. Like you get Dave to fall in line. Maybe they're making really great decisions because I don't think he's a stooge. No. Like, I don't, I don't think he's someone that can be bought and sold. So if he's going, hey, I agree with this, it's probably a really good idea. Mm -hmm. It just came off weird. That's kind of my point. Interesting. I, for me, I wish they had just done two things. I wish they'd just gotten on and said, we're doing this for the health of the business. We need your help. It's as simple as that. We're not making the money we need to make. We want to grow this thing to make all of your lives better. Let us give you the deep financial issues we're dealing with and why we're doing mm. it now, right? Start with that. Like, just give us the, the straight up, honest, dig into the financials of revenue and expenses. We're talking about affiliate owners. Like, affiliate owners spend all day long when they're not busy training people and helping them, you know, solve chronic disease. They're spending time going, all right, how do I find the cheapest cleaning solutions for my gym? How do I find the cheapest chalk? <laughs> how do I save money on rent and, and drive more and find more members to drive revenue? That's what they're solving for, right? Right. And so I think they would have understood that conversation. 
with the CEO. And then I think the second thing they needed to do, this was a, like a 45 minute town hall. They should have stayed on as long as everybody wanted to stay on. Mm-hmm. If it took two hours, three hours, four hours, I don't care if it took all day. You, the only thing you should worry about are the people that pay the bills and the people that pay the bills are not the games. It's not the people buying noble shirts and shoes and it's the people that turn the lights on every morning at 5 a.m. and are training people. Mm-hmm. And you don't cut that town hall off in 45 minutes. You stay on and answer every question that comes into the Q&A until everybody's satisfied. Or at a minimum, until everyone's heard what your plan is. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, that does make, honestly, that makes sense to me. Because there's definitely like an element of client service almost. There's a sentiment that you want to create when you're in that type of a position that they're in, which is really even just the gesture of, like you said, taking the extra time, making sure everyone feels heard, staying on uh, for as long as it takes to really get to everybody. That's the kind of thing that maybe is a waste of time, truly, like logistically, but makes people feel the right types of things about the brand and the direction that it's going in. And so that, I think that's a really good constructive piece of feedback. Um, I would agree with that. Well, they're not going to listen to this. So I don't know how constructive. No, that's it is, also true. But, but I hear what you're saying. They might. You never know. You never know who's going to hear it. But it was it was just interesting. I appreciate the fact that they wanted to do it, and I do think kudos to Don and his team, Dave, Jay, and Nicole, for wanting to get out front and talk to people. So this isn't Agreed. me saying, "Hey, you guys are assholes because you didn't do it the way Wooly wanted you to do it." It's just it, just as someone who's paying those bills, it felt short it's the best way i can put it just felt short to me like i didn't get all the information i wanted and i learned more from interviews that came afterwards on other shows like sean and tommy had him on the very next day and asked him more questions and he got really specific around what kind of revenue they wanted to drive and on the banker and he's like all right that makes sense mm-hmm. i understand what they're doing now because now i've got the numbers and i get right. it and I would, I think I would have just liked that in a town hall format of just a more direct, Hey, listen, guys, we want to drive, we want a 20% profit margin. That's the number, by the way, it's 20%. I can live with that. I understand what yeah. that looks like. I understand as someone who pays a mortgage on this house, I got, if I wanted to make, if I wanted to save 20% of my income, I know what that number is. I think everyone understands that. Yeah. And it would, it would have been really easy just to do that right up front and let everybody get on board or decide to not get on board. You know? Yeah. Well, and to your, to your point, like certainly affiliate owners are the types of people who can crunch those numbers and develop a really good understanding of what that means for a business. So I hear yeah, where you're a, coming from. It's a wild time. And then if you want to top all that off, Nikki, now we have, yeah. a, coup de, we have a coup d'etat. Okay. I saw this <laughs> and I don't really know what it means. A coup d'etat. Yeah. So there's this. No, no, no. Uh, I know what a coup d'etat is. I, I mean, know. that this particular post, I don't fully understand. Well, so the, yeah. So there's this group that has shown up on Instagram. And I've been doing some research today on this, by the way, like trying to get mm-hmm. more details and more details. But there's this group. This is CrossFit Affiliate Collective. Okay. That has started doing posts and they're sharing all these posts of Glassman talking and, some other people and basically 
for those that aren't watching this on YouTube, it says calling all affiliates past and present. The time has come to organize, to collectively protect the community we love and the methodology. There's a group of us wanting to make this happen. If you want to learn more, send us a DM, right? And follow us to learn more. It's got a real like union vibe to it. Totally. Very weird to me. And, and friends of mine that have DM this group, they're telling them pay month to month. Maybe, which is basically code for if you're paying month to month, you can leave at any time. Because hmm. that's, that's how it works, right? Like if you pay, well, like we don't have an annual contract per se. Like we can, we can, if you're paying month to month, you can, you haven't paid up front. So say the, the affiliate fee is 4,500 bucks. And if you're on the previous, it's three grand. So if you've already paid, you're out that money. You've given it to them. But if you're paying month mm -hmm. to month, you're not out. Right. You can, you can leave kind of at any time. And, and what's crazy about that is unless you paid up front, you can bolt. There's no penalty to leave. This Again, this is to my knowledge. I could be wrong, but I messaged a couple of kind of OG affiliate owners just to confirm I was right. And they say the same thing. No penalties. You're paying month to month. You're ready to go. You can go. You said to quit using the trademark. And that so it feels sense. a little, yeah, it makes sense, but it feels a little bit like this group is wanting to obviously poach a pretty significant number of CrossFit affiliates for whatever reason. I don't know what that is other than they feel as if the methodology is changing and they want to stick to what we've been doing for the last couple of decades. Do you think they are trying to start their own thing? I don't know. As a, as a competitor to CrossFit? I don't know. I, again, I don't have those details. It's just, a, it was just really interesting to me, which is why I wanted to bring it up of, of a real risk to the business. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't care what they want to do. If I'm being honest, I'm not leaving whatever that's worth. So whoever's running this group, don't message me and try to get Chagrin Falls CrossFit to join because we ain't joining. However, I was thinking about it, as the banker in me was like thinking about it this morning and like running the numbers in my head. And going, all right, well, what happens if they get three or 4,000 affiliates to go over and let's call it Greg fit sure, <laughs> or whatever. I'm not saying Greg's behind this. I'm not even insinuating that. I'm just using that as a joke, but sure. let's, let, let's just say they go, all right, we want to go do this. That's a significant issue for CrossFit considering they have no way to protect against it. If none of these affiliates are under, under uh, contract. And that's wild to me that we don't have that level of protection for the brand. Well, so the only argument I would make is that we probably have a level of protection, a level of protection on the methodology. So no one, I don't think they could just go and start CrossFit the, exactly the way that we are and call it. What, what do we do that's unique and different that you, <sighs> could, you couldn't unaffiliate? Like Greg didn't invent thrusters. He True. Didn't invent no, you're right. Or muscle you're ups right. Or like anything like. All you have to do is change the name. Mm -hmm. I, I'll give you, yeah. here's what stuck out to me as a banker. You and I know right. a lot of people, very few people listening to this are in banking, but I'll give you an example. When we license bankers, there's firms out there that do this. You license bankers, let's say you go get your series seven, which is to do investments. It costs the firm, we'll say, we'll just call it 2,500 bucks to license you. It might be a little more, but we'll just... Let me just use that number as an example. We tell those same bankers, hey, we're going to pay for that for you. 
You don't have to come out of pocket for that. But if you quit within 24 months, we're going to do what's called a clawback or charge you $10,000. Do you agree? agree? And of course, the bankers are going to say yes. They sign the contract and they go, sure, I'll do that because I get the license for free. I can use your brand to sell investments. So I get the power of your brand, right? And I can earn a really good living doing that. And they make a lot of money doing it. But I promise you, if they leave within 24 months, they get a bill for $10,000. And your I kid believe it. Well, yeah. And lawyers go after that money. Yeah, of course they, they do. And they get it, right? Yeah. So it's insane to me. Insane that there's no process of clawback toward affiliates. Think about this for a second. This was the wild thing to me. I don't know my brain works weird, but think about it. You could go start an affiliate brand new, use the CrossFit name, three years, do it for three years, build your affiliate to 150 members. Now you're making a hundred thousand a year for yourself. Unaffiliate, keep your 150 members and you're not out a penny, nothing other than you lose the internet search. That's it. Right. Right. Which could very much hamper your continued growth it could it absolutely could Mm -hmm. but i I mean it's a huge risk to crossfit is the point and and in situations like this where you've got a significant portion of the affiliate owners going oh wait a minute my my fees just went up 1500 bucks and oh wait a minute i'm in the worst financial environment that we've been in since 2008 and wait a minute, I don't have a lot of people walking in the door. What do you give? What what have you changed to charge me an additional fifteen hundred dollars? And the communication across it's a little screwy, which we I think we'd all agree it is. It's a dangerous situation to be in when you have nobody under contract. I know, and I hear all of that, and it makes perfect sense from a CrossFit business model standpoint. But I don't like locking people into an affiliate. If they no longer want to be like part of the beauty and part of what is the foundation of the brand and the methodology is the point of doing this is making this type of training super accessible or as accessible as possible. And I just think you're and it's really easy to open a gym. We've talked about this probably too easy, right? Well, now all you owners have to have L2s. But for a long time, it was just like, go get the level one buy your thousand dollar t-shirt and your three days of training and or two days of training and and you too can open a crossfit gym but that was part of the beauty of it and i don't like the idea of locking people in it's like it's like a gym membership have you ever tried to get a global gym membership and then you try to cancel it and they're like well first we need 75 days notice and then we need your left kidney and then we need $300 because blah, blah, blah. And it's, no, bitch, I just don't want to come to this gym anymore. Right. And I just like, I, I think it would be really against the brand values to try to force people to stay or go after them for some money or threaten them to go after them for some money. If they don't want to be a part of this anymore, they don't have to. And to your point, John, like it's a shitty economy. Maybe a gym can't afford that, that rate increase. And so what are we going to say? Well, you have to because you're in it because you're under contract. So you either have to pay it and come up with the money or you could leave, but then we're going to come after you for money. If I would just let, if they don't want to be a part of us in the, anymore, then okay, goodbye. Well, what it solves is what you said up front though. That's, that's the point where you're saying, well, they, 
they can't leave because they're still doing our methodology. And the point is, is we didn't invent thrusters, so we can't really, there's no litigation for thrusters. There is litigation if we have you under contract and you decide to unaffiliate and you continue to run your gym. You follow me? So my point is, is there's no penalty if currently, if you leave and continue to operate a gym as you were operating at the day before. Right. You just take your sign down. Yeah. There's no penalty for that. None. Now, if, you, if you're leaving and going out of business, that's a completely different argument. Comple and I agree with you. Like, why should we go after, the, let's not be assholes and like chase people down for money that they can't pay anyway because they're going out of business. I don't want to be that guy. Right. But man, if somebody's leaving and doing the exact same thing they were doing before, doing the exact same methodology, using all of our licenses they were using before, and all they did was change the name. It's just a big risk to the business. That's the point. I'm not saying they need to do this. It's just a very weird thing to me. And it feels like a risk when you have a lot of uncertainty in the business. And now you have this group coming in saying, hey, everybody, pay month to month. We want to talk to you about an option. And yeah, that would be really scary to the business is my point. That last part is is scary for sure. I just think I just think that there's enough going on with the brand and enough search happening and enough boots on the ground and people walking into CrossFit gyms every single day because they are CrossFit gyms that if a gym wanted to unaffiliate and take their flag down and sign down and whatever and still operate as a gym that 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 business owner has every right to do that and and good luck on their future growth. You right. know what I mean? Without that type of a brand behind them. The question for me of this, and I have enough information, I'm not going to talk about it on the air, but at this point, I know who's running it. And I'll be interesting, interested to see how deep it gets ingrained into the community. Meaning, I, I'm going to compare this a little to social media, and I know it's not the same, but it's really easy to go, oh, you have a lot of followers. You can sell a lot of t-shirts. I can tell you through great experience. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. If your product's not good, people aren't going to buy that shit. I've sold right. a lot of stuff where I'm like, holy crap, I have 469,000 followers and I just sold 12 t-shirts. Right, like, right. That, yeah. That's a very real experience that will happen from time to time if your product is bad, right? So it'll be interesting to see if when, as this debate comes up, will people really be interested in going? Or there's a, my point is there's a big difference between complaining, which I often do and hmm. action. Right. It's a huge difference. Yeah. So interesting. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And I'm curious to see what this whole thing even is. I just don't, I don't have a lot of clarity on what they're going to be offering or what they're going to be asking for. So. Yeah. I'll go on record. I'm not saying they're insidious for the record. I'm really not. I'm all for affiliate standing up going, Hey, we want to protect the methodology. Cause I want to protect the methodology. I believe in constantly varied movement over broad time modal domains and whatever our little quote is we've been using for the last decade. High, high intensity. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for that. And I, I believe in that and I don't want to see us change the way we do business. Like if CrossFit came in and said, Hey, we're doing five 20 minute workouts every day. I'd be like the hell we are. No, we're I'm not, not we're there. I'm yeah, we're, we're constantly varied. That's what we're going to be. And so I'm all for protecting the methodology and, and the way we run it and the way we help people. Because I think CrossFit has really changed a ton of lives, including mine. So I'm happy to have that discussion and be a part of it. 
I just don't see a reason to leave the brand to do yeah. it. I'd rather yeah. poke, I'd rather poke Don in the chest and go, no, 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 we're going to do it here. Right. This, you bought this brand, you're going to keep it the way it is. And if we need to make some changes, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But, but we know it works. We got decades of proof and, and truthfully, I believe that they, the people that are running the company, when you really look at it, we've already said them, Nicole, Dave, Austin, Mm-hmm. that have been here for decades they're not gonna let this thing change yeah. to a degree that anybody needs to leave my opinion but hey yeah it's just kind of wild right coup d'etat yeah. we'll see that word's a little fancy for me i shouldn't use it i like it i think it's good <laughs> but but we'll we don't see. know if that's exactly what it is but it definitely has that vibe so it's what it feels like but yeah. again, I could be wrong. All right. Last thing. I showed you this last night. I'm going to show it again because I love yes. it. Yes. My new belt. Look at my new belt. It's it cool? beautiful. It really is. It Isn't looks. It cool? so this is. If you guys aren't watching this on YouTube, you should. But also you've posted about this, right? Or you will post about it shortly. I put it. Yeah, I put it in my story. It's not for sale yet. It's going to go on sale in January. This is John's collab with Tupood to make his very own weightlifting belt that is beautiful. Yep. We're still going to have our kettlebells and cocktails Tupood belt for whatever that's worth. It's not going anywhere, but I wanted to do one for the meme page because it's kind of a separate thing. And I wanted to give a throwback to those of us that are vintage, <laughs> which is <laughs> the, nice, the nicest possible way I can say old. And I did like an 80s theme, Saved by the Belt which is what mm-hmm. I'm going with, which is basically what it looks like. And I love it. I absolutely yes. love it. Like, I also love it. I also love that this particular geometric shapes and the neonish color palette and whatever, it is also very early 90s. So it resonates with me as well. It's like the perfect little crossover for all of us millennials. So you guys definitely should get this belt because it's it, killer. It's millennial, millennial after Gen X because I'm Gen X. Millennial mm-hmm. was X and then Gen Z. No, I think there's one. Isn't there one in between? I thought it was X, then Z, then Millennial. Do I have it wrong? I think Z is the young bucks. I don't know. I'm I, don't know. I don't know. I'm de- I'm a dead ringer millennial. Chuggy. Hit me. <laughs> you are a Chuggy millennial. I am. No. I am a super Chuggy millennial. I have this debate with Matt, though, because he's six and a half years older than me, and he's right on the cusp of whatever the other one is. I don't know if it's Gen Y or there's something in between our Gens. He's I I know what he is. He's Gen Jer. How about Gen Jer? Gen (laughs) Jer. Hey, that's actually accurate. But he's no, I'm the last year of millennial. We're the same generation. I give him shit for being a cradle robber. We're the same gen. Oh, wait, well, hold on. Wait, wait. He's younger than you? No, he's six and a half years older than me. Oh, I thought you were saying he's younger than you. I'm like, what the hell? I did not know this. No, I give him shit for being a cradle robber. You're and I okay. Him. Yeah. Because I was the baby. I was, yes, I was in the cradle. I was the baby. Oh. But he tries to convince me that he is still a millennial. So mm. I can buy it. But then he'll say shit. And I'm like, I don't know, hon. I was too young for that. And he's like, ugh. Mm. Oh, six and a half years. That's a gap. That's a good gap. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It's funny because we obviously met as adults. And so it didn't really feel all right. that different. But when I re- 
sit back and look at it and I'm like, oh yeah, when you were in college, I was in middle school. Uh, it's funny. It's funny now. How much younger do you want your next husband to be? Oh, if I could do another <laughs> six and a half gap, but I was the older cougar, oh, that yeah. would be rad. Mm -hmm. Yes, cougar it up. I mm -hmm. love it. Yeah, it'd be funny. No, he's stuck with me now that I'm producing children. Mm. <laughs> I can't decide. I can't decide what the right age gap is. Is there a it's right funny. age gap? There's a wrong age gap. I can well, tell you that, that. Ain't that the truth? A hundred percent. There's absolutely a wrong one. I can tell you. Mm -hmm. Here's a, here's this is a true story. When I was first newly single again, so this was a long time ago. The girls okay. were five and three. They're twenty two and twenty now. Okay, that's long how long ago. ago it was. Yeah, fifteen something years ago. I went on a date. So I was in my thirties. So let's be fair. Like I was still in my late thirties. But okay. I went on a I went on a date with someone who was like twenty something, late twenties, but still in their twenties. Too okay. young for me at the time. And some some song came on. It was Prince. And I'm like, oh no, it didn't come on. I was at an open mic. I was playing guitar, and I played a Prince song. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she goes, oh my god, I love that song. When did you write that? Oh no! And it was like oh, a, it wasn't like wasn't like an obscure song, people. It was like when doves cry, maybe. Like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, like one of the most popular songs ever. And I was immediately like, oh, you're too young. You're yeah, too this young. Gonna this is not gonna, gonna work. work for us. You you don't know who Prince is. Oh my god. Okay, but was she too young or was she just like too uneducated in something Maybe that's both. really important to you, like music? Maybe both. Yeah. Maybe both. But still, yeah. come on. Who hasn't heard One Dove's Cry? Seriously. Truly. Is she living under a rock? Where uh, is she now? Let's ask her. I don't know. It didn't it didn't go it past didn't that. work out. It did not go past that moment. Let me tell you that. I was like, nope, this is not gonna happen. That's fair. I yeah. that was the right decision. You made the right call. I think so. Usually I'm not the one making the call for whatever this works, but I did in this case. I absolutely did in this case. Sorry, sweetheart. This isn't yeah. gonna work. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So anyway. you've learned way more about me tonight than you wanted to. So there you this go. This was great. I think this was awesome. Yeah, this was fun. This went longer than I thought we were going to, especially since we did this last night and now I know. we do it. What do you know what's funny is Given all the issues from last night and even the technical difficulties and issues that we've had tonight, this was a very different show than yes. the one that we recorded last night, even though some of the topics were the same and we wanted to revisit them. I like the couch you're sitting on, like the different room and yeah. uh, the new floor. It's working. So. Also, look, here's my, my Christmas tree. One of my Christmas trees. Look at that. Over there. Isn't that pretty? Damn, it's really pretty. Thank you. I love Christmas. You're the, you're it's the one best. Of my one, two, three. We have three, four, like three and a half Christmas trees up. Hunter has a cute little three foot one that he like puts ornaments on and he like knocks it over and then he puts. More it's impressive, on. man. I'm telling you, I've got a lot of Jewish friends, a lot, and you're the only one that decorates for Christmas. So I love it. It's fun. Well, my son is going to be have a havesy and we've been lighting um, Hanukkah candles every night and singing songs. There's one more night of Hanukkah, depending on when this will be released. That'll probably be outdated. But the I forgot because Hanukkah is kind of lame, right? Like Hanukkah is really not that big of a deal. <laughs> not even that big of a holiday. It just feels right. like a bigger holiday yeah. because it comes around Christmas. So it kind of feels like the Jewy version of Christmas. 
Right. But it's like not that important of a holiday in comparison. Like if if you go to high holidays as a Jew, those are right. the other really big. Yeah, those are the big ones. Right. Um, but I kind of forgot how fun Hanukkah is when you're a little kid. It's been so long since I have had that type of experience, and I never had it with like my nieces or anything like that. So it's been really fun and he's been helping me i'll send you a picture actually after this john because it's wicked cute he's been helping me light the hanukkah candles every night and he's really into it and he yells happy hanukkah and he sings songs with me he has no idea what he's singing but i'll sing in hebrew and he'll just be like and it's adorable (laughs) and when you're a kid you get presents for eight nights and who doesn't love that yes it's so fun and so i had a really good time like picking out eight little things for him and we like wrap them up in the same little bag every night and he like knows the routine where he lights the candles and then he turns around and opens his present and they're just little little things it's never anything but you know what a sticker book means to a two-year-old so it has been so fun and i'm just eternally jealous that he's going to get to do that in november december and then turn right around and have christmas when he opens more presents like i love it lucky kid when uh when i was i worked for a different bank i covered this region that was up in lake county which is north of here and it's kind of a hillbilly area and i, I don't even say that with any respect it's a total hillbilly area <laughs> You're just like diving right in it's- yeah it's not even there's no due respect you guys are hillbillies and it's like a real trailer park kind of neighborhood <laughs> again offense to those of you that live in trailers and but we would have christmas trees and menorahs Mm-hmm. And the reason I say this place was so hillbilly is we would we'd put the menorahs out, and on the first day of Hanukkah we'd only screw in the light bulb for the first day, and yeah. these hillbillies would come in and go, "Your light bulbs are out," and they start screwing in the rest of them and make oh. them all come on. I'm like, "No, it's not no. Not, not how Hanukkah no. works." Let me explain it to you. you know, yeah, it was not fun. That, not, not everybody knows how that goes. Yeah, so. it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I'm going to catch hate from the hillbilly crowd, but I'm a hillbilly, so I'm allowed to talk. About it. They're your people. That's your those, word. Those are my people. I've been in many a trailer in my life. My many. first my first ever Christmas tree that I had with Matt when we moved in together when we were just, just babies, which was like 10 years ago at this point, um, mm-hmm. he put a menorah on the top of the tree instead of a star for me. So we oh, had an entirely cool. blue and white tree, just like the Israeli flag and a menorah on the top. So our Christmas trees have evolved as I've embraced Christmas more and more, but they've always, they've always spoken to both of our heritages, which is nice. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Again, I, have, I have a lot of, a lot of, oh, I'm keep moving new stuff on the screen. I, uh, most of my, I live in a really predominantly Jewish neighborhood. That's so. right. Yeah. Yeah. So this time of year, there's gigantic menorahs like out mm-hmm. on in front like of stores. lawns and stuff, yeah, yeah, lawns and whatever, and and people don't decorate their lawns for Christmas everywhere. So it's kind of a game trying to figure out who's Jewish and who's Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the houses that have lights are Christian, the ones that don't are Jewish. It's, it's yeah, yeah, it's really really interesting. But what I like about this area is n- no one there. There's no offense. And yeah. any like people just it's just the holidays people love yeah. it if you want to celebrate great if you don't great let's just yeah all, there's no fighting it's just it's yeah it's just a nice time of year yeah know? that's how i feel about where we live too which is really nice and like i said i'm just like jealous that this kid is gonna get 
all the experiences, which is so fun. And he's just so stoked on Santa. We're riding the Polar Express on Friday. Do you have that near you where like train depots will do that around the holidays? Probably, but I'm so past past the Santa era of my kids. Um, I'm so I'm so excited. We did it last year with him, but he like didn't understand what was going on. And this year he's been watching the movie and he's obsessed with it. And every time he sees the train, he's I will ride on it. And I'm like, we're going. So that's going to be fun. I missed a lot of that when the girls were little. This is yeah. this will be a borderline sad. So don't let it make you sad. But when the girls okay. were little, I was divorced. So yeah. a lot of that stuff they did with their mom. Right. And I missed it. And I know, don't get me wrong. We had some amazing Christmases. And the if there's a benefit to being divorced is you get like four Christmases, not two. You right. get you get mom and dad, you get your moms and then you get your dads and then you get your mom's grandparents and then you get your dad's grandparents. Right. And, and my girls had a dad who was overcompensating because he was divorced. So they got a lot of shit from me. Mm-hmm. It's some really great Christmases, but I missed out on some of what you're describing. Yeah. Which is that stuff, them coming down the stairs Christmas morning. Right. Um, to my ex-wife's credit, at some point she started inviting me over for that. So I would get up early and go over there for Christmas morning and you still get to see that. Yeah, what? I really love your your co-parenting stories. I think they're really admirable. What the two yeah. of you have been able to do for your kids has been really beautiful. So I miss some of it and I regret that, but we had some great Christmases and we're still going yeah. to we're gonna have a great one this year too. Kids That's get more- true. They get more expensive as they get older, Nikki. Way more, way more expensive. It's going to be an expensive Christmas for me. Man, I'm already scared of what that is going to be like because we've already been like Matt and I have been really adamant about like we're going to pick, I don't know, two, three big things and that's it because other people are going to show up with stuff and I just I really don't want. I don't want my kid tearing through like a hundred gifts to the point where he just, he doesn't know what comes from where and he's like overwhelmed and he's kind of stops giving a shit. And it's like, he doesn't really understand the value of those gifts. And so, but Christmas is also, I'm not going to be like only two gifts for Christmas. Like it's so fun to have a bunch of presents under the tree. So that's why we were like, we're just going to pick a couple things. Other people will probably bring stuff. I know my parents are going to give stuff and then he'll have a handful of really awesome gifts and i think that's going to be a rule like moving forward but man it was really hard to narrow it it's hard i mean you have to ask yourself the question how do you know they love you if you don't buy them a lot of stuff that's the question fair question well i did get him the lug oh awesome Uh uh-huh you know we did one year kind of we probably should get close to wrapping up here because yeah we were like both like we're gonna do a 30 minute show and now we're an hour and 10 minutes in one thing we did one year because i found myself year over year and i still do it now because i just i love buying them stuff i love it no i know it's so fun yeah it's always fun for them and for me um but one year what we did i was like all right instead of me spending a ridiculous amount of money on you guys how about we adopt family and I'll take yep. you guys shopping and you guys pick out the presents. And that was the best year ever, arguably. I love we, that. And we went, we went and it, it, it's not crazy expensive, but we definitely spent 
uh, quite a bit of time helping these this family that needed it and you know, you get the names of the kids and their ages mm-hmm. and the, the mom and the dad and everyone's in the family and we bought a lot of gifts and wrapped them and the girls have never forgotten that and i was thinking yeah. about it last night of like man like i need to start doing that on my own mm-hmm. because i'm i'm really privileged and blessed to have a great job and make good money and and have extra money coming in from some of this stuff even and so I got everything I need. Yeah. There's not, nothing I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have like three or four more guitars, but Fair. I don't need, I don't need them. Yeah. You know, it's, maybe it would be better to help someone else more often than mm-hmm. we do. And I just think that's, is, I don't know. I, I can't even describe it other than to say that was a great moment for us is to help the girls like really understand how privileged they are in life. Yeah. And that maybe you got to think of others from time to time and I need to do it more often. Yeah. I love that. We, at my, at my business for the last, we've been around three years. So this is our third year in a row sponsoring some angel tree families from the Salvation Army. We've done it every year for Christmas. And this was the first year that we were able to do three families because the, the business had a good year and one of the families had five kids, like two kids and three foster kids. And so it was, it, it took me a full weekend of going shopping store to store just to make sure that I could get like the toys on everyone's lists and full outfits for all the kids and the parents. And we bought like winter coats and boots for everyone too. And it was, I, I think it's my favorite part of the holidays is like picking out this stuff for people who you just, you know that they need it and you know that if they didn't land, if that tree didn't land like in your inbox, they might not get anything. Yeah. So it's really nice to be able to help. Yeah. Well, and I think every little piece helps. Mm-hmm. Like you think, think about your kid who's getting excited about this sticker book or coloring book or whatever you're giving them for Hanukkah each day, which is for you and I, it's probably just, you think, all right, well, it's just a few bucks. No big deal. You right. Know? And for someone who doesn't get things like that very often, yeah, like the specialness of that gift, you never forget it. Mm-hmm. Like you're just creating memories for people. And I don't know. It's really special. Been weighing on my mind lately for some reason. I just can't seem to get past it. Hey, it's not too late. There's always, there's always folks in need that you can help out right before the holidays. I know. Well, if anyone wants to contribute to the Mira and Megan Christmas fund, <laughs> <laughs> feel free to send me money because yep. i'm feeling i'm feeling pretty needy after paying some bills this week yeah i bet for sure especially mm-hmm. now that mira signed up for college it's getting more and more expensive so now i got two in college mm-hmm. and that shit is not getting less expensive at well all. that's exciting holy yeah. moly she's gonna do some schooling good for her yeah she's going to game design she wants to video games for a living i messaged my mom and i'm like and you guys told me that atari 2600 you bought me when i was 13 was bullshit so i'm teaching you my kids going to school for it now that is badass she is so cool yeah i'm happy for her to decide what she wants to do so cool cool. stuff yeah Yeah. i'm not happy for my wallet but i'm happy for her good for the long run for sure it's only money can't take it with you can't take it with you i'm gonna try you can't. It's what I tell myself every Saturday morning when I drive to Target to let it speak to me. 
Mm. I'm going to bury myself with that expensive guitar over my shoulder on this side. Then you can take it with you. It's going to be great. I'll make notes. You'll be like a pharaoh being buried with his subjects. Mm. I would never, I would honestly never let my daughters do that because that guitar is really expensive and I'd rather they just sell it and take the money. Hawk so, it. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, All right. Well, the, on, on that sad note, we should I wrap know, it right? up. All right. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks for dealing with all the technology issues tonight. I appreciate no problem. It. Is this my new podcast location? Only time will tell. I'm for it as long as you keep the North Pole sign up for the entire all, year. All year. All year. Yeah. Well, as long as no one else, I like get to open the door to the living room now and be like, sorry, you can come in. Yeah. Sorry, you can come okay. in, Matt. All right. Well, tell Matt thank you. I appreciate I it. And I'm sure we'll talk a dozen times, but for everyone listening, happy holidays and go get your final shopping done. Yes. And we will chat with you guys soon.